listening to Pawnee Public Radio. With your hosts, Hannah and Will. I hope you're voting right, right now. now. Yeah, in the booth, you thought... You queued up your pump-up playlist, which weirdly starts with uh, Pawnee Public Radio. And yeah, we hope you're... We hope if, you're sh- if you need help with who to vote for, we're here to help you. So, yeah. like, pick up that voting pen and uh, vote for the person we've implied you should be voting for <laughs> over the past couple of podcasts. I'll come straight out on on November 3rd, Election Day, and say that you should vote for Joe Biden. <laughs> I'm not afraid. <laughs> if it hasn't been clear, I mean, I'll, I'm yeah. afraid of a lot of things, but I will un unafraid jump in and say, please, yeah, please do that. Yeah, um, and if you're not if you're not currently voting and also listening to this little podcast, we make great standing in line content. Yeah, yeah. Also, if you're not going to vote for Biden, Kamala. Uh, and you're headed to the polls now. Oh my gosh, I think you left the oven on. I would go back and check on that. <laughs> and then just take a nap. Yeah, just set a little trap. Um, yeah, what a big day. It's Have, funny recording this. Yeah. Not live and thinking towards the future, which is a very stressful thing to do right now. How are you feeling, Hannah? Well, I bit the inside of my lip <laughs> and I'm going to blame it on the election. Yeah, coming. Every, everything. <laughs> Everything piles or I up. just chewed weird and I have sharp teeth, but it could be either one. Yeah, we're we're recording this in uh, a little peek behind the curtain. We're pre-Halloween, also pre-election day. So do you have any... We know your election day plans um, are, are listening to, <laughs> to our own podcast, but are you doing anything mm-hmm. fun for Halloween? I was invited to a bunch of virtual parties. I can confidently say that my my virtual social life mm-hmm. it's virtually rocking. <laughs> um, my friend Jesse uh, has been organizing virtual Halloween events all week. We played this giant virtual game. Um, this it is was a like virtual a social game? deduction game. This is virtual, a virtual game, okay, good all to know. virtual <laughs> over Zoom. <laughs> And I got to play this special character where I like took over people's bodies virtually. It was really mm-hmm. fun. And then tomorrow night, he's throwing a virtual mansion party. He promises there's going to be lots of different rooms and he live performances, he said, a mysteries afoot. It's, I'm really looking forward to this virtual fun. Uh, do you have any fun plans? I, my virtual big celebration. or otherwise? I got to do something in real life <laughs> yesterday. Um, a theater company I love called Neo Futurists in Chicago had a drive-in. They like recorded 30 plays, uh, very short plays, and projected them at this drive-in movie theater in Chicago. And so we, Was we it drove Halloween there and themed? Them. They were all spooky. There were 30 spooky that's, plays. Yeah. In that's great. Minutes. It was, it was yeah, a real blast. I'm curious to see if my social anxiety will translate to a zoo mansion party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or the worry of like what to wear. It can kind of just be from the waist up. And also, I will say you're currently Costumes wearing a costume. Costumes are required. <laughs> well, I, I turned on the snap. We're all, we're, we're peek behind the curtain again. We're Whoa, just recording. come on back here. Yeah, let's get rid of just these curtains. It's so stuffy. 
We're recording on different sound recording devices, but we also, we hop on Zoom so we can like look at each other when we talk. Yeah, we're just I, like you. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're not I, in the like, same room with people. <laughs> I turned, I downloaded Snap Filter and I can't, now every time I don't use Snap Filter, my whole video turns into just a yellow box. So I'm sort of in Halloween filter. That's what Will's referring to. Will, how would you describe my filter? Um, it it seems like a a pretty pretty approachable sort of midsomar vibe at first, but then you do have the eyes of a demon. Um, so similar to the movie Midsomar, which I never I've never seen, but I've seen a lot of analysis of. And mm-hmm. if the analysis tells me anything, that cult was up to no good. Yeah, yeah, it's not a good time to be in a cult in America. Um, <laughs> I was my impulse is always to be like, speaking of cults. <laughs> Uh, as as a segue, but we don't need segues here. We're traveling by foot and we're moving fast. This is episode 211, Tom's mm-hmm. Divorce. Yeah, it's a Tom-centric episode. Yeah, we can be pretty hard on Tom, but uh, this is... I think if you were a fan of us peeking behind the curtain, uh, we are going to pull back Tom's curtains a little bit in this episode, if that sounds like something you'd be into. Um, so as usual, and if not, Tom doesn't care <laughs> too bad, but we're doing it anyways. <laughs> we're going to do the A story. We're going to do the B story. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to also talk about what we wish the C story was. Yeah, we're not, we've, we've neglected our flights of fancy. Um, but no more, no longer. Um, we start off with a very spooky non-Halloween cold open where Leslie is sent to the fourth floor. Uh, and the fourth floor is is sort of where all of the worst parts about local government um, are, are like have infected the building. So it's divorce court. It's like the DMV. It's all the worst of the worst. And she has to go up there and deal with some it paperwork. It kind of looks um, like... Ron can't do it because... Yeah. It kind of looks like the fourth floor is shot in a Snapchat filter. It's all green. Like yes. it, it like it's like <laughs> it's, very, it's like the yeah. show was stuck in a Snapchat filter as well. Yeah, it's very, it it we're method podcasters and so we have um we're all we're all stuck in the filter right now. Um Ron doesn't go because he has a good excuse. He doesn't want, he to. Doesn't want to. Yeah. Leslie makes it up there. She's it feels like the episode of The Wire, the part of The Wire where they let um I've never seen The Wire. Try again. New we'll TV skip show. It. Switch it up. Okay. Switch. Switch. Okay. New, New choice. One. Okay. It feels like um, <laughs> we're in the bad <laughs> part of town, but this part of town is just upstairs. I've never been to a bad part of town. Oh, you New gotta choice. go. New That's where all the fun stuff happens. Oh, okay. It, one last new choice. Okay. It feels like uh, your, your uncle that your family uses as an example of the wrong kind of choices to make. Is even worse, and there's twenty of them. I definitely have that. All right, okay, keep going. <laughs> so it's full of the bad uncles. Um, people are hawking urine samples. People are are drinking booze and walking the halls. My um, favorite joke in this is that she says that they try to get a popcorn machine, yeah. but they use the wrong kind of oil, and people had to have their throats cut out. Yeah, and then there's a very I think replaced, creepy- right? I think it's like it is still violent, but they are replaced. Like the throats are replaced, 
the listener kind of knows. I just took a bite of salad and then chewed into my microphone. I won't be eating after this (laughs) during the recording. I leaned back. I know. Yeah, the filter has changed too. Yeah, the filter has really made me too bold. Uh, There's a very funny extra who offers her popcorn. And I just think that guy is fantastic and needs a spinoff. He should be a lead in Popcorn Man. (laughs) We have a lot of good ideas for spinoffs. Yeah, new choice. Popcorn guy. Whoa. You're heating up, Hannah. When you're on, you're on. I know. But that salad really kicked in. Right as Leslie is about to quickly finish her business and pop (laughs) pop back down to the parks department. A lot of plosives. She sees coming out of divorce court. Popcorn dude. (laughs) And behind him, Tom and Wendy getting a divorce. Who we've met. We met many a couple times, but you'll remember him most recently from the Halloween um, party episode, Greg Pakaitis. Yeah. He showed up at Anne's party. In which Wendy and Tom have a lot of really fun chemistry. They really turn up together. Um, yeah. And they do have fun at the party. Despite it being a Greek card marriage. Yeah. Which you'll remember is something that we know and Ron knows, but Leslie does not know. So when she sees him coming out of the divorce court, her first natural response is they've just gotten an actual divorce. Smash cut to credits. Smash cut back to the office. Leslie has, as you should do, um, is having like a... Uh, a confrontation with Tom, a gentle confrontation where she asks him how his institutions are doing. <laughs> I feel like that's the kind of way I would ask. Things. Yeah. Like if I thought someone was pregnant, I'd be like, how's the inside of your body hanging? <laughs> like I, it's that feeling of, I don't want to ask about this. Especially something like divorce. So I'm going to ask about it in the worst way. Yeah. Yeah. The, and that, that's what basic psychology, right? Of like, the more you're afraid of something, the more space it, it takes up in your mind. And if your mind is connected to your mouth, which for us and for Leslie, it is um, directly, it can be easy to say the wrong thing. And she I'm does. I'm just saying I relate to this. <laughs> I've, I, keep I posted feel like when you relate to something. I think that's yeah. going to be key to understanding this episode. With Leslie, it's across the board. I feel like I tend to... But yeah, you can keep going. Yeah. I just really en- I enjoyed that sentence. Yeah. So she asked him how his institutions are doing. Um, we also, an important detail, which I almost just breezed right past is that Tom has bought um, shoes on the internet and they do look great. So just keep that in mind as we're recapping that he's wearing new shoes in there. And Tom's, I think Tom if would describe them as baller. If you that's an important detail, then <laughs> I'll mark it on the chalkboard. Thank you. Write it down. Um, Tom doesn't seem too sad about it, which makes Leslie even more worried. So she does what any good boss would do, and she calls um, a meeting with all of Tom's coworkers to uh, to try to come up with a plan to make him feel better, even though he won't admit that he feels sad. Do you think Tom's just sitting in the other room during this meeting? Like, where did everybody go? I'm sure he's a little bit relieved. Maybe he, you know, I, I don't imagine Tom wants o- to be in I just, The office is empty. <laughs> And he's just like, why was I not invited to this meeting? Yeah, he's well, just we, sitting there like wondering <laughs> what the meeting's about. We maybe find out later knows, in this maybe episode. Maybe he knows yeah. Leslie well enough to know this meeting is definitely about my divorce. I'm just going to let this play out. Yeah, let it play out. There's nothing that I need to do about this anymore. Um, and the rest of the office is is kind of 
on board for it. You know, they're they're also worried enough. About I like Tom. that April cares about Tom. Like she says he doesn't have family in town. Yeah. And I like I like, you know, April's whole thing is that she doesn't care. Mm-hmm. But we've seen now for multiple episodes in a row, she might care a little. Maybe there's maybe there's more to her pure surface level presence. Yeah. Is April a a real person? She's a softie. Um, Sound off in the comments <laughs> below. So uh the whole gang decides to to cheer Tom up and Leslie proposes, you know, let's let's do something, do whatever you want. Tom immediately goes to the glitter factory, um, which gets gently shot down. We know Leslie's a great shot from last episode. Pull, she shoots it down, bula bula bula. Um Jerry proposes what turns into a very sad suggestion of the place that he's gone to three times a week for the past couple of years, which is Jurassic Jurassic Fork. (laughs) I love... Okay, here's a bit of a spoiler alert. So, if you don't want this little tiny bit spoiled, please focus on your ballot again for the next 20 seconds. Yeah. Also, we're glad you're voting, but you might be taking a little bit... I mean, take as long as you need in there. No, take your time. If anyone knows me, it's that I encourage taking your time with voting. I, um, again, I'll agree, but if if we're slowing you down, maybe do pause and no, finish up I your think, Democratic I responsibility. Think you should, actually, you know what? There's pretty long lines yeah, in that's some what places. I'm, maybe you're right. I'm trying to but help out. <laughs> the spoiler is that Jurassic Fork eventually the series goes out of business for what I think is the funniest reason. They tried to open a second restaurant, but they didn't understand what made them fun. They thought it was that it was Steven Spielberg themed, so they opened a restaurant, Schindler's Lunch, a German place, based on Schindler's List. And I just think that callback is so funny, and I can't watch the introduction without thinking about the end result. Yeah. Okay, now that the spoiler <laughs> has been said... uh defocus from your ballot and join us again yeah um jurassic fork (laughs) it is yeah that's also it's the perfect wrong spielberg movie (laughs) to Uh have like a theme restaurant really good um smash cut jurassic fork it's everything you'd want it to be do you think schindler's lunch no i shouldn't defend schindler's lunch you can offend Schindler's saying, Lunch. I would say be order, careful about Schindler's List. <laughs> but Schindler's Lunch, dig in. <laughs> you have to have your name on the reservation thing. And only Schindler can put you... Nope, nope. See, it's, we're going down a bad place. You can keep going. We'll come back to it. Um, in our bonus, uncut, uncensored portion of the podcast. So they're all at Jurassic Fork. Um, and the which is when we reach sort of like the the main uh the main meat of the conflict um in that and doesn't want to split the bill evenly which is really what this episode is all about as i think and um you dealing joke, with that but this honestly distracted me because yeah. Anne only got the tyrannus caesar salad she made that clear she doesn't want to split the bill evenly and this tapped into one of my anxieties. So I couldn't concentrate on anything else until I figured out what happened because it is also a pet peeve of mine. If we're at a restaurant and, you know, you mm. order, you know, $50 wine as you always do, Will, and all I get is a little thing. I like thing. nice things. But I don't want to split of- it with you. 
I just really relate to Anne's yeah. anxiety. I was on a I was on a virtual date once and Spooky. the guy was like they went to Vegas and split everything evenly and he loved that trip and I thought this isn't a match. <laughs> <laughs> I just hated the idea of that so much. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm really on Anne's side. Although I do think if you're going to go to a restaurant like um, Jurassic Fork, you don't just get a Caesar salad. This is the kind of restaurant where you get some like ravioli or pasta. Mm-hmm. Like the healthy options at Jurassic Fork. Ravioli, and uh, pasta. Spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I thought I forgot all dinosaurs' names as I, I started. I know. We used to, that used to be the main thing that I knew about. And then, the main thing this podcast was about. It was um, initially conceived as more dinosaurs um, through the lens of Parks and Rec and has since <laughs> we've kind of lost sight of our main focus. Uh-huh. Yeah, It was called Pony Public Tyrannosaurus. Oh, I gave up. I gave up. Yeah. <laughs> Pony Public um, Tyrannosaurus Radio. Tyrannio Radio. Brilliant. I nailed it. Keep going. <laughs> uh, so we see Tom taking Ron's advice to heart, which is pretend that pretend that you're sad um, to like give Leslie what she wants. Um, and the way that Tom is pretending to be sad at Jurassic Fork is by ordering a lot of really expensive things. Um, and Leslie says, we'll split the bill evenly. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. The conclusion to the main story of the episode. Uh, all wrapped up. What are they going to do with the rest of the time that we have? I'll tell you. First, Leslie thinks that everyone should go around and say something nice about Tom, which is a great little bit of character development for all of our friends in the Parks Department. Um, Jerry says, I really wish I could have your body. Anne says, I think Tom is really nice. If you give me your credit cards, we can split things easily. Uh, April says that Tom is the only cool person in the office. Um, And then Donna says Tom is her little prince. And she just wants to put a little cape and a little hat on his head. If you were to say something nice about Tom, what would you say? Um, Okay. Would you you be able to play this game? Yeah, you laughed at me earlier. But I would say the shoes that you bought on the internet are, I would say, hella tight. Is probably what I would say. They're hella tight, Tom, and you know that. I think he would like that more than Jerry's I Want Your Body. Yeah. Yeah, this is another episode, too, with Jerry where he uh, he does all right. You know, he proposes Jurassic Fork and people are people are kind of all all for it, even though. I don't know. He does get shit on for saying he wants Tom's body. I feel like he's less like in yeah. the boys club with guns, whatever, the hunting trip. Mm-hmm. He was very much fully a, like a dude in the trip. But now he's back to being a little bit. That's a good point. Low status guy. And he gets ripped apart at his favorite place in the world. So that's got to hurt. Yep. That the memories of that place are going to be forever tarnished. Rough. So Tom is happily pretending to be sad. Start, everyone's starting to drink a little bit. Things are loosening up. Uh, Ron approaches him in the shadow of uh, Triceratops and uh, asks if Tom would be okay if Ron starts dating Wendy because it's a green card marriage um, and now a green card divorce. But Ron is is for real interested. Um, and Tom, who has been pretending to be sad all evening, 
says that that's not a problem. But then as soon as Ron leaves, we see that that it is a problem. The Tom maybe doesn't want his boss to start dating his uh, green card ex-wife right now. Right. It's a bold move by Ron. Yeah. Because even even though even though, he, you know, he thinks it's just a green card marriage and they barely, you know, they only kiss on their wedding day. No one in the office would know that. So essentially, Ron is saying, like, you know, publicly, Rod would just start dating Tom's wife, which is bold. I do. Yeah. Ron doesn't come off looking great in this episode, but I will say there's something about him not, not on one hand, not caring at all what other people think, and also really trying to actually do the right thing. Like, the, it is a nice little peek into Ron's philosophy where it's like the thing, the only thing that matters is the people who are actually involved in this relationship, which are Tom, Wendy, and hopefully one day me. I think this Ron is an okay. I think this is an okay Ron episode, as we'll get to later in the A story. I just mm. think there there are just some holes in the logic. But maybe you're right. Maybe he just doesn't care. Well, yeah, I think that's I. It's it's something that that just means he's going to continue being one of our favorite characters. Because he's like, he's a good guy who doesn't care what, who's not going to do things that people are. He's not virtue signaling here <laughs> at all. He's doing the opposite. <laughs> um, so Leslie, Leslie then spots Tom and now he's for real sad. He's no longer playing a game and she notices that. Um, and so... She thinks she did it. She opened up him up so that he could reveal his truth. Yeah. She thinks that Jurassic Fork is phase one, but it's time now to uh, to really be there for Tom in the way that he actually needs, which we all know is the Glitter Factory. Um, I've never been to a strip club. Um, I almost went once because I was really hungry and the 24-hour Ralph's across from me was for some reason out like shut down temporarily mm-hmm. for the night and the only open restaurant that i could see was the strip club i know it's not a restaurant but i assume they had like pizza or something in there and we'll get to it this episode they did have food yeah. so i almost went into the strip club but then the ramen place was open late so i went to that instead mm, yeah I, this was I a couple don't years think ago they would, i don't feel like a strip club would have ramen i thought they would have pizza i thought like pizza in the shape of boobs or something yeah <laughs> Maybe so two so pizzas. That was my <laughs> that was my only almost went to a strip club, but I I haven't been. Yeah, I also I also have never been. I don't really feel I don't feel that draw at all. <laughs> um, which is you know, it's great that we get to go and have a taste of the strip club. I'm sorry about that sentence, but we do get to get a glimpse inside the glitter factory and sort of feel like Leslie yeah. says she feels like Jane Goodall. One of the strippers is Tom's emergency contact. Yeah. Which is, Great you know, detail. Truly, like, I feel like there's some, con- there's like got to be consent involved in that. Like, I, he has good relationships with these women, you know, and it's an honest profession. And, or does he? Because one of them's really nice to him at the strip club, but really mean to him <laughs> at Quiznos. Th- at Quiznos, where she works. That's a really too. good line. I feel like that's a line that gets at class relationships. It gets at, like, labor and power structures in a really really subtle way and is funny (laughs) so we're at the glitter factory leslie's nervous 
We're there. Tom, we're in our first strip club. That, that little guy. That li- we're there. We're looking around. Everything is blurred out. We immediately relax a little bit. Whew. We Ooh, didn't we realize this show was about to be R-rated. <laughs> Will was like, you promised me titties. That's what he said when we were watching them together. Yeah. I've, I, yeah. That- <laughs> I say that every episode. And this time, the joke totally backfired. But you can watch this episode with with your 13-year-old son, and it'll just be a little weird. Right? Would you say that? That's just a pretty, tiny bit. Just a tiny little bit. Um, so, yeah. Tom... Getting sadder At and this sadder. point, too, we're just with Tom, Ron, and Leslie because Donna mm. reveals she can't go to this, the glitter factory because- She's got some beef. She's got some beef with, uh, with some of the ladies that work there. Another great spinoff movie. And April can't go You think a movie. Leslie you think it's a film. We're not- it's, I think This it's a isn't film. a Better Call Saul situation. Yeah. This is- I think the Donna, like, why she can't go to the glitter factory is like an action-packed thriller. All right. Let's Just write it. Just pitching it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, writes itself. That's what I love to say about things that I'm not going to write. Because then maybe eventually they will write themselves. Uh, Ron, we learn, is not into strip clubs, but he is into all-you-can-eat breakfast, all-day breakfast buffets, um, which is another sign of, you know, someone you can really trust. So he... We get from him a, a line that I think crosses the good guy shows that he's a little, <laughs> a little too oblivious to, to how Tom is actually feeling right now, um, where he's chowing down on some eggs and he asks if Wendy yeah, makes. Yeah, I reacted eggs. to this when we were watching. I was you he right, said, yeah. "Does Wendy make scrambled eggs?" And I just thought that's a weird question to ask. Yeah, well, it just implies that you slept with her. We're in the morning after. Would she make me scrambled eggs? It's just a weird thing to ask Tom. Yeah, but I do like that he. Doesn't like strip clubs because he likes a salt of the earth woman, but he loves the the shot of him holding up the bacon, smiling. Just is just a great Nick yeah. Offerman like moment of glee. Yeah. Um. So at this point, no one is no one is having a good time <laughs> at the strip club. Um. Leslie tries to, uh, tries to partake of strip club culture by buying a lap dance for Tom um, from Sea Biscuit. From Seabiscuit, who I now also feel pretty guilty for not remembering the character's <laughs> actual name. Um, Sierra. Thank you, Hannah. I love when Leslie makes things worse. Like when the Venezuela episode happened and she called Tom a like pathetic servant boy uh, to like kind of go along. And in this episode, this, this, the stripper's name is named, is, she's named Sierra. And she keeps hearing Sea Biscuit, so she goes like, "Run along, Sea Biscuit." Well, yeah, it's also it just makes it so much worse. <laughs> it's also like Leslie doesn't like the place, but I kind of feel like there's something about her that she's such a rule follower that she buys into. She becomes like an extreme version of the culture. Like she's just bossing. She doesn't get Sierra's name right. She calls her Sea Sea Biscuit. She like shoes her away. I don't know. She like. She gets the vibe of the glitter factory, I think. <laughs> and it's but a, you were right. Nobody's having fun. No one's the best fun. version of themselves. No. Nobody's having fun. Um, Except Ron with the bacon. And Tom is... Ron, yeah, I guess Ron is actually um, is having a pretty good time. Um, so then at the bar, Leslie gets what she has wanted. This whole dang app, which is for Tom to open up. And he reveals that what he's actually sad about is that 
you know, it wasn't a real marriage at all. And that Ron is going to take out his ex-wife, Wendy, which again, we know is a green card marriage. But for Leslie, it's just the horrible version of (laughs) Ron being a a very bad dude (laughs) in this moment. Um, And it's in that in that moment when the glitter bomb goes off glitter everywhere which should be the best part of everyone's day is a real it's a glitter bomb you know it's special occasions birthdays uh gender reveal parties that should be illegal um but it it takes a real takes a real turn um and leslie's done with the glitter factory she's done with ron and tom is done with being conscious and he uh kind of passes out and so ron picks him up and carries him into the next scene. Yeah, we get to see Wendy's house. Which I'm assuming you will maybe know this. I don't know. this Is is that the house that they share or this whole time? Have they had separate homes? I'm not quite sure. I, I assume it's the house they share. Leslie seems to know where it is. Yeah. Also, Leslie tells off Ron and says she's ashamed to be his deputy. There's a few telling offs by Leslie this episode. Like yeah. when they walk in, Wendy's on a date. And sh- and Leslie calls her a hussy. There's just a few very funny um, tell-offs. Also, we should point out this is not the whole Jurassic Fork glitter factory was not the first attempt of her to like cheer him up. She first tried to send him a horse. I I whizzed right over the horseogram. <laughs> where this guy comes in a horse costume, saying like, "So you got a divorce? Of course, of course." It's also a very catchy song yeah. so she we've been singing it for days it, it we've is been singing it all stuck day. in my head <laughs> so yeah wendy's on a date yeah. which is fine because she you know yeah wasn't really married to tom and the guy seems confused and handsome and she has to awkwardly tell her date that like that's her husband and he thinks it's ron carrying tom but it's tom yeah it's a very uh it's it is everyone in that moment the only people who don't know what's going on are our handsome date guy and leslie um and i we talk about like i do wonder if i do wonder if a little bit and windy a little bit yeah she doesn't know that ron has has all the info because leslie's like now you're free to date ron and she seems just very confused yeah she's definitely stirring the pot in this moment um, but we cut to the next day, the hangover. We cut to the next day. Tom has thrown up a bunch of uh, hangover pills, which he probably ordered from the internet at the same time they got those cool shoes. So I think I'm glad I remembered the shoes and not the horsegram, which was a big part. <laughs> um, and he comes clean to Leslie and he tells her that uh, it was a green card marriage. And Leslie realizes. Uh, it takes her a moment to realize that it's it was a green card for Wendy. So we get that joke again about her thinking that Tom is from Libya. Um, real zinger. Tried and true. Classic racist mistake. Want some sunblock, Tom? Yeah. Back to those a, jokes. Give it a break. Nope. Um, so Leslie realizes that she's in the wrong. and but But Tom also admits to her that he likes Wendy for real. Yeah, the and Leslie's like, oh, the, you... The vulnerable interior, yeah. You have, that's the curtain. I almost forgot to, to peek behind the Tom curtains. We've seen behind Tom cur- Tom's curtain. And 
And Leslie decides because <laughs> to send the divorce horse Graham guy to Ron to apologize for yelling at him. Yeah. Which is when we realize so that this- Leslie, sorry, of course, of course. Of course. <laughs> it was very catchy. Yeah, it's a real banger. Um, so we learned in that moment that the divorce horse Graham man is, uh, his business always uses, it seems like the same tune and cadence, but he maybe doesn't just do divorces. He probably also does birthday parties, bar mitzvahs, um, breakups. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I like him. I think he does great. I, will be using his services in the future. Yeah, well, he's he's getting up in years, I think, in horse years. I mean, he's got to be in his teens now. Horses live a pretty long time. Yeah, so basically the, the main points if you of the A story are uh, uh, Anne doesn't, doesn't get the build split she wanted, yeah. and the divorce horse guy will also be getting... I kind of see him getting like a web series. Donna has her movie. She has a spinoff. He has yeah. the web series. The popcorn guy has the spinoff show. Yeah. And I think we can't tell for sure if it's just one guy in a horse costume. Um, I think the web series could really dig into the question of if there's a guy behind him being the back legs that we never see. Hmm. I like that in the web series. Yeah. Like the, the, the guy that's in the butt is just like, I really want my time to shine. Yeah. Yeah, as all good butts, um, as all good butts deserve. I do you does this does this A story give you more empathy for Tom? Do you feel like you understand him a bit more? I think um let's see, I don't want to exaggerate. I, I would say uh yes, one thousand percent, I guess, is my my like couched response, you know. Um I mean the thing that I just thought of live in the moment. As you're bubbling in, you know, your choices for the judges that you want to retain. Um, yeah, take your time with those judges. We're, yeah, we're not judging you. It's very important. We're not the <laughs> for, judges here. We're needing some time on that. Um, I mean, I feel like his whole life he's been the friend that people would approach for a green card marriage. Like, I, I also feel like the divorce moment is... Uh, is sort of like all of that also catching up with him where it's like to have a green card marriage, you probably want to pick someone that you can't even imagine being with. And, and I think, I think he moves through the world again. We said, you know, the things that you're afraid of become like a thing that fills the room. I think because he's so afraid of not being included or being um, like not finding love that he exudes the opposite kind of energy that makes it so hard for that to happen. No, I really, I think that this is a really, you know, redeeming episode for Tom and showing his backstory. My main issue with Tom is that time and time again, he like doesn't grow mm -hmm. from the lessons he learns. Like he, he'll multiple times, I guess I can say this vague enough so it's not a spoiler, but he'll do things like he'll do something selfish. He'll mess up something for somebody else. But then there'll be this reveal where he secretly like really cared and all this stuff. But then he'll do it again, like the same mm. pattern. And I guess that's mainly my issue with him, in addition to some of the, like, you know, some of the little bit of sexism. But, you know, I do think, I've said this before, that, like, when Tom is failing with women, we see kind of why he puts on the bravado he does. Mm -hmm. And this is him 
truly failing with like loving this woman and then, you know, being stuck in this situation. So it it, it does make sense that the bravado is all just a smokescreen. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, um, it, I mean, it, it's, it's also sort of like sitcom syndrome where it's, it's like, we need Tom to con, we need him to not grow too fast so we can yeah, have multiple fair. seasons. <laughs> um, but we also need him to be someone who has the capacity to change per episode. He just gets in <laughs> he gets in the exact same situation with Leslie where he like messes up a little bit of a spoiler alert. So focus on the propositions while I say this if mm. you don't want to be spoiled. But he like messes up a campaign event because, you know, his business just failed and then it's revealed and then she cries when she sees the spe- here's the speech that he actually wrote for her. Mm-hmm. And then with Ben he is supposed to introduce him for some centennial of the town, completely makes it about himself, but then it's revealed he had this beautiful speech and he makes Ben cry. It's like the same situation. This is less an issue, I guess, with Tom in this episode than it is with him in the future. And I do mm. think this episode shows a lot of who he is and how he cares. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's revealed that most of his friends, April says, are like dumb frat guys. So... Nature versus nurture a little bit, you know? Am, he surrounds himself. I am curious what April's uh like metric for dumb frat guys are, and I like to think that it includes um everyone. <laughs> um Yeah, that's true. Speaking of dumb frat guys. B story. B story. Which I just like to think of as Andy versus Mark. I think this if I'm if I'm not mistaken, this mm. is sort of the conclusion. Of the battle between them. And by battle, it's like Andy fighting for Anne and Mark being like, please, uh, why don't you just not? Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, the whole. And also, it's important to note that the entire B story takes place during Bring Your Girlfriend to Work Day. Um, yeah, let's discuss <laughs> this a little bit. It's, you know, Andy, uh, you know, pops his head in to to mess with Mark and Anne but Mark and Anne are always in Mark's office and they're always like looking at architecture plans. They're not yeah, even I- sitting there eating lunch. They're always like looking at vague. Why is he constantly showing him his architecture? Why is she's in her scrubs? Did she run over from the hospital just to like look at his architecture? I Can think, you explain this to me? Yeah, no, for sure. I think what it is, is, you know, Anne's probably working 16 hour shifts. She's an essential worker, but maybe she has a free period. Um, or maybe she has like a class with a teacher that she doesn't like. So she's skipping that class at the hospital to, um, to be with Mark. I also don't understand it, Hannah. I think it's, (laughs) I think, uh, like you had an issue with how Dave, who we haven't heard from in many episodes, kept popping into the office. Like if they were even eating in the courtyard, Mm. it would make more sense. It's like, maybe the hospital's really close by. And he invites her over for lunch, but they're always vaguely, he's always sitting down. She's always like standing over him (laughs) and they're always looking at like vague architecture. I wonder, I mean, it it seems like there is the opportunity for, for drama there, you know, designing a dream home or like it sort of just needed one line of what they were, what they were looking at. And there's there's and one why scene does he where never pull a chair up for her. She's always kind of I think it's so that so it's, it's kind of like sitting on the edge of a table. Visually dynamic, you know. So we've got levels to play with, or maybe it's like that improv <laughs> game where one person one Always person has to be, has to be standing, 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 one person sitting, has to be sitting, lying down. Yeah, which is why Andy rolls into the office, 
makes what I think is a very bad and also very funny joke about um, Mark having ordered uh, uh, a bunch of very small, extra small condoms. And weirdly shaped and condoms. weirdly shaped. <laughs> that they never... I love how he says this and in his head, because we, we cut to him after being like, he didn't actually order it. Like, he genuinely <laughs> thinks this is going to work. And as if Anne hasn't seen Mark's penis. Yeah. Like, as if, like, yeah. I mean, maybe they're waiting. I don't know. They don't have much chemistry. I mean, and I think we, you know, it's Andy is is living in this this fantasy world where he's he still expects to to like win the girl at the end of today's episode. And, yeah, <laughs> and he's got a plan to do it. Um, I can't stop thinking about the architecture thing that, that Mark and... It's really annoying. It also feels like a scene where on the page, um, Andy has the first line of the scene, but it starts, the camera starts on Mark and Anne looking at the like architecture documents. And it really feels like um, maybe in that moment of like being directed in the scene, they weren't given a ton to work with. Because I think Mark is just like, so... <laughs> and then Andy walks in. Um, it's just a... Yeah, it's funny that they're... Who knows what they're up to? Maybe they're, they're building... They're not even eating. And like Andy asks, <laughs> Anne, are you here for work or pleasure? She says pleasure, but... It doesn't look it's, fun. It doesn't <laughs> look like fun. Um, but they end up at Jurassic Fork. The B story ends up at Jurassic Fork. Yeah, they get they get swept along with it too. Um, and Andy also. I mean, the whole it's nice. It's nice that he's a part of the office, even though he's you know young young shoeshine, old Andy. Um, and uh, this is where we see Andy's master plan, which is to be uh to hustle mark at pool um and so he roasts mark for being a bad architect oh my god <laughs> it's so good mark will not play pool with him and he goes oh yeah you're probably not good at pool because you're a failed architect and pool's all about angles and it's just i think it it's like andy isn't usually good at pushing mark's buttons and he nails the but he he gets the yeah. right angle he gets the right here. angle corner pocket yeah hole in one yeah. a perfect pool shot um so they mark wins the first game which is you know all a part of the hustle but we also andy reveals that he may have made a terrible mistake and that mark is actually a pretty gifted you know poolist a pooler if you will um so they're playing double or nothing pool boy pool boy yeah Pool man, pool boy, that's what the game is all about. They end up, Andy ends up getting $6,400 in debt. But you calculated how many games they played. Which is, yeah, it's the, right, it's, the, it's the right way to do TV, you know, is to, to figure out how many games. Really do the math. How many games went down here? Um, and it turns out it's nine games. And on the 10th mm -hmm. game, they up the stakes and... As in every healthy relationship, they decide to play for Anne. Yes. Well, well, Mark initially, in fairness, says, if I win, you have to leave us alone. Yeah. And then Andy said, that's not good enough. I want Anne if I win. And so, in fairness to Mark, also, April has been maybe watching this whole time. Yeah. She's like there. What does she say? She's like, get him. Someone fight. Like, I think she's like, punch each other already. 
<laughs> but she's just there watching. This is, I honestly, you know, at one point, Tom is like in a different section of Jurassic Fork. It's a confusing dinner. Like, who's at the table? Is Anne just sitting at the table fuming over the Caesar salad? Like, I, everyone, I, I'm not, I mean, obviously, pandemic times is even, this would definitely not happen. Yeah. But I feel like no one stays at the table. Yeah, it feels like maybe there's an interactive element that's being implied about Jurassic Fork. Maybe there's actually more to do. You know, maybe there are some exhibits. Um, maybe maybe there are more puns that you can look for throughout the restaurant. Um, mm-hmm. More animatronic animals that you can interact with. Uh, yeah. yeah. So so they're playing. They're playing for Ann. Um, and at the last minute, Mark friggin' scratches. Where eight ball followed by cue ball, which means automatic loss. And the pure joy in 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 uh, Andy's reaction. Yeah, Andy has a big moment of <laughs> destructive joy, um, and then breaks his, his cue <laughs> pick. That's not what it is. His um, his cue you know, pool stick. Yeah, cue stick. Um, and yeah, he he has by a fluke won the game, but lost the war. And he realized this when uh, Mark and Anne kind of make a joke about it and and leave him. So the the B story in the episode wraps up with Andy coming back to the office where the next day Anne is once again just hanging in Looking the office. Looking at random, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, it's like, again, Anne becomes her boyfriend. She's literally doing architecture work all episode. Yeah, she becomes a failed architect as well. <laughs> Or she's just in there. Um, but Andy concedes, you know, and he says he says goodbye to A Cakes, and then he says goodbye to Anne. Well, he says goodbye, A Cakes. Hello, Anne. But then he has to goodbye, leave, so he also Anne. has to say goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, Goodbye, Andy. And he has this beautiful moment where he just sighs. He goes, Ugh. I just you know, yeah. when Andy loves and this is why, you know, again, it's not okay. Take no for an answer. There's just this pure puppy dogness about like when Andy loves because he thinks that she's gonna follow him out like in a movie. He's yeah. living in a different world. <laughs> yeah, he's we're seeing his gambling streak this episode too, and that he there is a funny little moment where he he does that playing on her like chasing after him, um, but she doesn't, and he's we'll see how he handles it next episode. And the sea story. What do you think about the sea story, Hannah? The C story is just all the spinoffs. Yeah, in in rapid uh, succession, just really. I also like. We, <laughs> there's a funny line too that we miss, where like Leslie. Well, we miss a lot of funny lines because we're always going to. But Leslie's like, yeah, divorce is like I think like the third most stressful thing that you can go through. And she <laughs> goes, well, marriage is apparently number seven. It's all bad. <laughs> like it's just this is a good episode. Yeah. Um, you know, we're in season two. We have lots of good episodes, and they're only getting better. Yeah. And we so many fun locations. I mean, we're getting to know the town of Pawnee. Yeah. So overall, I mean, I feel like it was a pretty, I mean, for a Tom-centric episode, I, you know, I thought it was pretty funny. We got to know everyone a little better. Yeah. Everyone got to play. Yeah. Not pool, but not everyone got to play pool, but everyone got to do something. Yeah. Andy and Mark were really hogging the table during this episode. Yeah. Um, maybe April was waiting to play. That's why she was so frustrated. Yeah, and she and she doesn't get to go to the glitter factory. 
Um, so we're getting little reminders of her her age. Being 17. No, is she? As we will learn later. She's 17. I be- Oh, wait, sorry, sorry. 20, 20, right? She's 20. Sorry, my bad. I knew she was right before the age of big age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but obviously, no, she's 20. She'd be in school if she was 17. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, it's a fun episode. I'm kind of glad that the Mark Ann... Andy triangle is is wrapping a l- up a little bit, or at mm-hmm. least it's implied that it is. Um, you know, we've talked about it's more fun when Andy is kind of and Anne are separate in their storylines. Um, yeah, there's. It's. I think it's always in- interesting to see how characters who sort of their defining characteristic is how is their re- maybe their relationship to another character in the show. Is there, I do think there's an art, which is also, I think, something you just discover as you go of how to like, how to disengage characters in a way that then lets the character do their own thing, you know, and, and have like kind of a second wind on the show. Um, and I do really like so far Andy's arc of, you know, initially just kind of playing the role of like nightmare, not nightmare boyfriend, but just like you know, couch potato, like a foil to Anne. Um, and it's nice now that just, he has enough stuff. Yeah. To, like, I think they're just both less. I mean, I loved, I think they deserved a sort of goodbye, a cakes, goodbye, Anne moment. And I'm glad they got it. I just think they're both more fun, not in a relationship with each other. Like Andy's more fun when he's not, when his, when the love is reciprocated mm-hmm. and Anne is more fun when she's not having to, a you know, adult kind of like, the children men around her. Um, yeah. I like that you wrote down in our questions for this episode, what do you think the most stressful time in someone's life is? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead Just and say election yeah. day. <laughs> I'm going to say today, today when this yeah. episode is released is the most stressful time in someone's life. I know there are other stressful things, but I'm going on this election day release with election time. Yeah, I like, I don't, do you agree? Also, I like how lighthearted these questions are. But then the, <laughs> the, the, the question below it is, do you think Leslie sends the horse grand to Wendy too? So we're really a mix of questions in our Google Doc. Yeah. And welcome, Peek I behind mean. behind this curtain. Tear down those curtains. We don't need them anymore. Some of the questions, improvise. you're a part of it. <laughs> Oh, You're most of yeah. the questions are not from the Google Doc. I just, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, most stressful day. So I called you a hussy, of course, of course. I mean, this guy is Hussy, is it's bank. a real old school diss, yeah. Yeah. But we well, don't know how, yeah. I bet most of his money comes from tips, and I don't think Tom or Ron are going to tip him. Yeah, but I also think most of his money is coming from Leslie, who who maybe would also. <laughs> who maybe sends him out. Maybe this is just how Leslie for the rest of the series will be apologizing, whether we see it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a different a different gram for every up. Uh I think, yeah, most stressful day election day is up there also with my own birth, I think, which I for the most part have totally blocked out. Um, but I think being born would be a lot um, and was a lot, you know, you're so comfortable. You've kind of figured out how everything works. You're like, you got the whole place to yourself probably. And then just. Unless you have a roommate, but you didn't have a roommate. No, no roommates. Yeah. Had the. Had nice. All I didn't the have roommates either. Yeah. 
but yeah, stressful days. What, what lengths, I mean, it makes me, it's a thing that is so good about Leslie is like how far she goes to take care of her friends. Um, yeah, even, even when it's <laughs> by no fault of her own, like very misplaced. I feel like it's something that I like about this episode. Is that she? Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling after after watching all like the bill splitting moments? I mean, I'm still annoyed. I'm sure Anne had to pay for a bunch of Tom's drinks. I mean, I believe uh, Leslie got a steak medium roar. That a steak medium roar has got to be m- way more expensive than a Tyrannus Caesar salad. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's deeply unfair. <laughs> yeah. I wish. It seems like the episode should have ended with at least a moment of of someone. On the back of a receipt, figuring, you know, writing down credit card numbers next to how much. I don't want to make it harder for the wait staff, but there are ways to do it. You know, someone could have paid for it. Everyone could have Venmoed that person, figured out the tax based on their own meal. Listen, maybe you don't want to go to dinner with me, (laughs) listeners, after hearing this podcast, but I accept that. I'm not paying for your stuff. You bringing up Venmo as as like a a plot element (laughs) reminds me of how everyone. Of like talking about cell phones in a horror film, you know, being like, why don't they just call someone? I I just think it'd be funny if in in the future, if every show felt the need to be like, oh, my Venmo app just crashed. Looks like we'll have to split the bill. I think that. I think I think funny. that's that's the real that we're gonna rewrite this episode, but it's gonna be like called Venmo Crash, not Tom's divorce. Tom's Venmo divorce. <laughs> It would solve so many problems. Um, well, cool. While we we don't want to bother you too much while you're while you're voting, but I do feel like we have a time to hear from some of our other other listeners. We can bring them in if they've already yeah, gone to the booth. We'll welcome them. Recording these messages while they vote. So if they can do it, so can you. Our first message is from Connor Young, in parentheses, sorry for forgetting to call last week. We had no Connors. Uh, Number 91, we're inching closer to 100. Let's hear from Connor Young. Hey, Hannah and Will. This is Connor Young calling in from Norman, Oklahoma, where we're currently in the middle of an ice storm, and I haven't had electricity for 12 hours. So the first question is for you, Hannah. As someone who spent 39 days without electricity on Deal or No Deal, What are some good activities to do when you don't have electricity? And then my second question is kind of a what if for this episode. What if the pool contract was actually legally binding and Anne had to go back to dating Andy? How would that shape the rest of this season, maybe the rest of the show? Would it become more of a procedural show where Anne tries to figure out legal loopholes, how to get out of this contract? Um, What would happen? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Okay, Connor sent this message two days ago. I hope you have electricity by now. Um, also, no think, well, worries about not calling. Ice storm is a very, very good reason. <laughs> yes, we accept that as your reason. Um, when I was on Deal or No Deal and we had no electricity, I mean, we mostly schemed, voted each other out, things of that nature. Mm. So what I would do is I would run up to you know your roommate, your family, whoever you're with, and just be like, I think we should vote out mom. And then really just stir confusion to pass the time. Mm. Would you ever make any fires? I definitely think Connor should make a fire Mm. and then bring it out into the ice storm. So it's fire versus ice. (laughs) 
Thank you for asking that. And then the second question was a what if. We love our what ifs. What if it was legally binding? I Yeah. Much different show. Yeah, much much darker. You know, I mean I think that's that's more of a turn. Handmaid's tale (laughs) level. Um I I still I believe in the ultimate goodness of Andy's character and what I hope after the writers had seen the episode fully filmed, produced, and edited and realized that they'd made a horrible mistake in following through <laughs> on this legally binding agreement that maybe there would be like a one episode turn where Andy is uh, is back with Anne and realizes like, this is no way to live. This is horrible. And then he um, he rips up the contract. You heard it here first, ripping up those contracts. Connor Young, thank you so much for calling in. I hope you have your power back. Next, we have Sarah, number 92. Hi, this is a message for Sports Guy Dad. I'm using the Speak Bike as our new social media platform. Obviously, it's actual intended purpose. Sports Guy Dad, the Dodgers won the World Series. I was so excited. Two championships for LA in one year. A silver lining in the mess that is 2020. I hope that you were celebrating with all of us. Not sure that you're actually from L.A. if you're rooting for the Dodgers. But as I know that Hannah and I are in L.A., go Dodgers! Yay! I love the idea that this just becomes Sports Guy Dad's podcast. <laughs> a slow Not even a, a slow takeover. It's just a yeah. slow transition. <laughs> um, Sarah, Mookie Betts, who is on the Dodgers now, obviously, was on the Red Sox. We're from Boston, big Red Sox fans. So we were rooting for Mookie Betts and the Dodgers. That's the connection there. Thank you for calling in for Sports Guy Dad. How was how was the vibe in LA when it um, happened? I was in bed and suddenly <laughs> there were fireworks yeah. for like two hours. And I just didn't realize everyone had fireworks. There's even video <laughs> online of like, a plane coming in and all these fireworks. Like, I don't know. Do people just have fireworks at the ready? Did they get the fireworks before hoping they'd win? Yeah. Are these 4th of July fireworks they didn't get to use because they were in quarantine? <laughs> there was just a lot of fireworks. There's a whole personality type that goes with with um person who is prepared with fireworks, I think. You know, like, I think... Yeah. <laughs> I think that character, the spinoff is a novel yeah. called Guy with the Fireworks. Yeah, it's really beautiful. It's... it's a, yeah, it is a really poetic novel. Yeah. I was... um, I was doing a late-night improv show at the old I.O., which used to be in Wrigleyville. Um, the so new the I.O. no longer exists. The opposite of sports. In, in a big-time sports place. Uh, I was doing an improv show there the night that the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. Um, I thought it was going to connect to Wrigleyville. I was like, they, they, that's baseball. But yeah, okay. But, it, but it's like the place where everyone, it's a place where you celebrate. Like watches. Yeah, it's the bar, the sports bar. And it was, yeah, I just have a memory of like coming out into a changed where I saw some videos of LA and it just or like there are street cleaners there preemptively. It's just like a mad, a mad house. Um, a mad. Um, for those listening still, um, if we had some sort of Patreon one day, 
would you all be interested in a Sports Guy Dad Patreon special episode thing? Because I feel like put him to work. I feel yeah. like it would be. I think it would be <laughs> Will and I and Sports Guy Dad discussing sports. Please let us know. I feel like Sarah's voicemail and emails. I feel like Sports Guy Dad gets a lot of messages. Sarah, thank you so much for calling in for Sports Guy Dad. Um, who's my dad? If those <laughs> forgot. <laughs> Next up, we have Christy, number ninety three. It will be a hundred. Hi, Hannah and Will. This is Christy from Indianapolis. I have a comment about hunting trip. The pants queen moments when Leslie and Anne pants Tom. At the beginning, this is part of Leslie trying too hard to fit in with the guys. And at that time, it feels pretty wrong, even though she's just copying Mark. I mean, imagine your boss doing this to you. And then at the end, Anne pants Tom because he shot Ron and came on to her, and then that one is deserved. I just love how those two moments bookend the A story so nicely. It feels like the women's infiltration of the hunting trip has come full circle at Tom's expense. Councilman Hauser is the start of one of my favorite gags, the lip bite at the very end that Andy does as he's walking away from Anne. So much good stuff in this episode. Bye. Christy, thanks for calling in. Lots of great hunting trip thoughts. Yeah, I, I, that's such a good point. And I love, I love that you pointed out how, um, how it's the same gesture, but it means something different. I just think that's a sign of, that's just good TV right there. Um, yeah, and you're so right that it's uh Does Ron pants yeah. um does Ron pants Jerry first? Who's the first because they copy somebody. I think Mark so pants is Jerry. Mark. So it's not you're right. There is a boss to employ and she kind of gets scolded for that one. Tom goes, What the heck? And he's also not wearing the proper underwear for a pantsing. Yeah. Yeah, I, but I do think the Anne the Anne pants is deserved, and he was also just being uber sexual with her for no reason, like the scene before. Yeah, no, very very much deserved. Um, yeah, I, I pantsing was a big part of my my whole middle school experience, and I'm not a fan. I'll go on the record to say I'm not a huge pantsing fan. A lot of tears from Will. A lot of tears. <laughs> Uh, Christy, I love all your observations, the lip bite at the end, just the whole, the whole book ending of the women. I, I love hunting trip because I feel like Leslie has a goal. And even though it's a rough journey to that goal, she completes that goal of being accepted by Ron onto the hunting trip. So thank you for calling in. I hope you call in again. Um, our next voicemail is from anonymous number 94. We're getting like a sports announcer vibe. I think it, yeah, yeah, the I'm numbers help. <laughs> Hi, Hannah. Hi, Will. Still loving the podcast. In this episode, I'm very intrigued by the fourth floor of Pawnee uh, City Hall. Uh, that's a C story line. And also, I know this is Sports Guy Dad territory, but. I think uh, Mookie Betts should have been the MVP for the World Series. What are your thoughts on both of those? Bye. Will, do you want to start us off? I love the fourth floor is like its own character. Yeah. I I also love that your mom... Thank you again for calling in. So good to hear your voice. I do love that every speak pipe 
begins with like still still loving the pod. Still, which still, uh, what if she calls her one time? <laughs> I know and she's like, it really sets up. <laughs> it sets up our fall. <laughs> um, but that's just my you know that's my own personal baggage. I won't put that. Of course, I won't put that. Yeah. Anymore. Um, I agree. Everything I've heard about Mookie while recording this podcast makes me feel like he should absolutely be MVP. It feels I like mean, real Willie Mays was the MVP, as we all know, um, and he he won it following their victory. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I googled the name and I was proud, so I said it. But I think we all agree it should be Mookie Betts, um, just because I knew his name way back in the day. And yeah, I texted my mom when she sent this in. For some reason, I listened to her later. I was like, I don't know if it's the C story so much as like a part <laughs> of the A story. And she was like, it's a world unto itself. And I agree. It's it's great. It's its own character and it will return. So thank you, mom, for calling in. I love you. And I miss you. And How, do you guys do you feel like you talk? Mostly through the through podcast. The podcast. This yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, let me think. Any other updates that I need to give my mom? Yeah, are you I'm eating, trying to eat more. You're eating a salad currently, so I think you're doing pretty well, <laughs> health wise. All right, I love you, mom. All right, our next and last voicemail of the day is anonymous number ninety five. It's getting goofier. Hey, Hannah. Hey, Will. Very, very impressive says that Hannah and Will don't know about sports. Both of them picked the Los Angeles Dodgers before the Los Angeles Dodgers won. Uh, well, I guess you know about parks and recreation, and baseball, as we've said, is played in parks, and it's certainly a recreational activity. Okay, this week's question. Los Angeles Dodgers and Los Angeles Lakers have won their sports championship. And the Tampa Bay Lightning has won their sports championship. There's only one left. It's football Super Bowl. Which team from Los Angeles or from Tampa Bay is going to win the Super Bowl? Have a great week. Love this week's podcast as well about hunting. We did it. We guessed right. Sports Guy Dad yeah. is proud of us. The spinoff show, Sports Guy Dad, Pawnee Radio is is in the works yay <laughs> our work here it's is almost done, done. no we've no, got we this have. the football super bowl also known as the super bowl yeah i think um it's gonna be interesting i think that the tampa bay uh the mighty marlins have a real shot at it the los um, angeles rams might ram googled. their way in i did I can, google i, I can did feel google. the google energy i can just feel it coming okay, out okay you know you. what <laughs> You know I don't know if it's what? Marlins. I just guessed. <laughs> Are they? Let's see. Florida football team could be. Could be the uh, the Tampa Stingray Tigers. They're the Florida Gators. Oof! It's a different animal. Will I I'll go with the Rams? I gotta go with LA since I'm with M in LA. What are you going with? The Gators or the Rays? I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with the Rays. I'm gonna. Do a write-in, uh, a write-in victory. But please don't um, write into the ballot you're currently. No, no. We're, a vote, we're joking a vote about for it anyone because else it's... <laughs> is is not a vote in the right direction. The yep. two-party system is broken. So is the electoral college. But we have hmm. to try to. Yeah, to let's fight fix our way it later. Through. Let's do this first. Jeez. Yeah. 
don't write in the Rays. (laughs) Yeah, unless it's for the Super Bowl. The only acceptable time is if you're submitting your own team to the Super Bowl, then I think you can write in your own Super Bowl team. All right. Sports Guy Dad, congrats on your spinoff podcast, Sports Guy Chat. I'll keep (laughs) workshopping the name. New choice, new choice. Um, we also I want to take a moment to do yeah. a quick shout out to my to my sports guy dad who didn't call in, but is as with a lot of dads out there is still a sports guy in his own right. Um, and for this episode, I'm realizing big goof on my part. He's been playing so much pool lately. He's been playing like hundreds and hundreds of games of pool. Oh, yeah. so he would be able to hustle someone in pool. I think I think so. Yeah, he's a a gentle kind man and i don't think he would take advantage of anyone but um he plays every sunday he plays with his friend johnny wink well i hope they, he calls they play collaboratively in. though yeah i hope he calls in at the next pool episode i'll, yeah. I'll try to time it all every I'll time it season better. there's a dynamic pool episode so look forward to that we actually have one email this week whoa if you want to be our one email next week you can also reach us at town hall at PontyPublicRadio.com. What's the email? Where can they send a voicemail if they wanted to send that in next week? Oh, a voicemail? That's at SpeakPipe.com slash PontyPublicRadio. How else? And a tweet. Yeah. If you want to reach us on Twitter, which is not always a fun place to be, but could be more fun if you follow at Radio Pony. And where's the best place to reach, which we'll get to after this email? Or we won't the get best to it places- after this email. <laughs> But we will in the future if you send it in. Oh, yeah. We also really a really nice, a really nice thing for us is is a five star review. Um, If you've already left a five star review, reach out to your friends and family. See if they would like to leave a five star review. It takes mere seconds and releases gallons of endorphins in our in our hungry little brains um, and helps other people find the podcast. So if you like it, tell people about it. And thank you. All right, we have one email this week, though, and it is from our favorite um, guy named Sean. Sean, you know. Yeah, take it away. It has two it has truly I can incredible read it. attachments, Hi, which maybe hand- you can oh, just describe. Yeah, yeah I'm so excited we'll about soon. this. Yeah. I, I couldn't stop smiling when I got this email. I opened it up in front of Will, and I just was so happy. Will, can you confirm this? I can confirm. Yeah. It's a great, I'm a huge email fan, and this is a good email. Um, It's from Sean. He said, hi, Hannah, and then in parentheses, and Will. Um, Another great show this week. I know Hannah said she didn't want a picture of herself, so I wanted to send you a version of the mural I've been working on. People on the internet can be mean, so if you think there's any way for any negativity to come from this, please let me know, and I can maybe edit out the people and just have camels. Thanks so much for making the show. It's one of the highlights of my week, Sean. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much. I'm about to describe what was attached to this email. <laughs> but I want to I also want to be clear that most of the like art I've gotten both on my time on Deal or No Deal or the the Pony Public Radio, I've really enjoyed. I just every so often, it's not even intentional. I'll just get a cartoon of myself that <laughs> That is like if my middle school insecurities drew a drawing of me. <laughs> Let me describe the art that uh, Sean Yanell has 
drawn. If you want, I'm also going to tweet this from our account. And of course, thanks, Sean. So you can check it out at, at Radio Pawnee. But it is a beautiful mural of Will and I in outfits we wore in our sort of promo Pawnee Public Radio shoot. Which riding, I still wear at least once a week. Riding yeah. camels. <laughs> a, a camel. The first one says Pawnee Public Radio. The one behind it says Connor Club. The the camel behind that says awesome guests. And then the fourth camel, whose head is peeking in, has an anonymous mask to represent the anonymous Collins. Uh, Sean, this is truly, this made me smile so much. I love this. I'm very happy with it. Nothing has to be redrawn. This just makes me so happy. And hopefully I can feature it on some of the social pages. Yeah, it's it's the... It's I'm probably most... gonna tweet it out before the episode even airs, to be honest. <laughs> I see I I see you drifting away <laughs> towards towards posting. I'm so um, excited. Yeah, no, it's really it beautifully it drawn. Me so You're happy. quite the artist, Sean. Yeah, it's the most wholesome mural in the style of parks and recreation that I've ever seen in my entire, also in my just entire like, life. Again, like a like an artistic watercolor. It I I really or, or what colorful. Hannah said before we started filming was that we both look hot. <laughs> I thought our cartoons were pretty hot. And I know I talked yeah. about my insecurities with cartoons. And maybe Sean was like overcompensating by making us so hot in cartoon form. Yeah. But I love it. That's a part of art that people don't talk about enough is like, what kind of art do you like? It's okay to I just like be like, I, I like hot. hot. I like hot stuff. Hot yeah. cartoon art. Yeah. Um, Sean, <laughs> that is its own thank genre. <laughs> you, thank you for writing in and being such a great listener. I said to Will after I got this, and I was like, I was like, our loyal listeners are so great, and I want to like meet them all. Virtual party soon. We'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. No, it's a real, it's a real pleasure to get to watch the show with you all. Um, and maybe again, yeah. I keep bringing up this patron we don't have yet. So yell at us if you're not interested. But maybe we do a thing <laughs> where we do like a. A night where, like, with patrons like Sean, like, we could, like, I'm assuming Sean would become a patron. I'm so sorry, Sean, if you're like, I would not. But we would all watch an episode together or something like that. Because I just want to meet everybody. We've got, yeah, and I like the idea that it has big kind of, like, um, you know, like, like your your kind of mother mothering energy, I think, of, like, you got to call more. You got to, you know, like, join join the club. <laughs> I'm so, ex- I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I love it. Thank you, Sean. So if you're done listening and you haven't voted, please go vote. Please uh, make phone calls. Please make sure your neighbors have voted, your family members. Um, just really let's go out and vote. In this country, so many people don't vote, and that's horrible. So vote, please. I'm begging you. And I think no matter no matter what happens, um, make a plan to stay involved. That feels like very much actually in the spirit of this podcast and in the spirit of Leslie Nope about uh, how to stay involved with your community and how to to work together to make good stuff happen. At this point, there's um, you really took your sweet time uh, and you filled out your entire ballot. And I think it's time to, to put your sticker on. The people in the voting on. booth next to you are like, what took them an hour and a half to vote? Well, they don't know it took you an hour and a half because but tell so them, many people have come, and gone, <laughs> have come and gone through that booth. Um, no, thank you so much for listening. Um, thank you so much for voting if you have done that during yeah, this episode. Yeah, and hopefully, <laughs> I hope this, is, this can be 
maybe a joyful little escape. Um, we're just really glad that you chose to listen to us while voting. All right. Have a great week. Be nice to each other. Bye. Bye.